the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's no crying in politics, unless you're Mrs. William Jefferson Clinton. Yeah, she did a presentation for something called Masterclass. Uh, It was uh, streamed live, but it was the speech she would have given if she had won the presidency in 2016. And believe it or not, the Today Show ran a clip of it today. This is what she would have said about her mother if she had won. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me, listen to me. You will survive. You will have a good family of your own and three children. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. No, she won't. And she didn't. And it just doesn't get any more pathetic than that. If you've ever needed any proof that she shouldn't have been president, you have it now. Five years later, she's still thinking about it, talking about it, whining about it, crying about it. And, of course, this is also proof that Mrs. William Jefferson Clinton peaked when she was picking out the drapes for the Lincoln bedroom back in the early to mid-90s. Have the Clintons been around long enough? Seriously. They've been around nationally since, what, 1991? We're talking 30 years here. I mean, when is she just going to go away? Uh, Mrs. Clinton was so sure that she was going to make history and become the first woman president that she says she didn't prepare a concession speech for election night. Now, try to picture NBC accommodating Donald Trump for something like this if he had lost. And also, I'm wondering, do they still have that woman uh, on Saturday Night Live who does the impersonations of Hillary Clinton that we saw during the election in 2016? Because if they do, what are the chances of that person doing a skit about this Saturday night? You know they'd be doing one if it had been Donald Trump doing something like this, especially if he cried. I don't know. Would he have cried? Here's another question. Imagine, not a question, but something for you to imagine. Uh, Sarah Palin getting away with doing this on national television. Sarah Palin. She could have become the first female vice president and, by the way, was more qualified than Mrs. Clinton, who you never would have heard of if not for her husband which I'm guessing is something she left out of her speech that she would have given back on November 16th. Thanks, Bill, for letting me marry you. Otherwise, nobody in this room would have ever heard of me. Well, no matter what you or anybody else think of Donald Trump, it's always uh, you always have to keep in mind, it could have been worse. Imagine four years of looking at her. Anyway, when we come back, school choice for religious students... I would guess that means Catholic schools may have gotten a big boost today in the Supreme Court, and we will have Mr. School Choice on to talk about it. And also in our second half hour, believe it or not, the Salvation Army is actually woke, and it's pretty nauseating. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All 
with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Gift-giving occurs year-round, whether for birthdays, holidays, or a special expression of thanks to your best clients and customers. Of course you want to show your love and gratitude, but you also want to give a gift that provides a positive image of you and your organization. Solaire Infrared Grills from BestHotGrill.com are both practical and unforgettable. Made in the USA, Solaire has a grill for most budgets, but more importantly, Solaire delivers the wow that everybody likes to receive in a gift. Impressive out of the box, and even more so in use, the Solaire Infrared Grills are the gift of value that will build relationships. With every great-tasting, juicy meal enjoyed from their Solaire, they'll think of you. Step up your gift-giving. Learn more about the amazing Solaire Infrared Grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Text and data rates may apply. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results, so you should always contact your financial and tax professionals and carefully evaluate all of the risks associated with the acquisition of precious metals before making the investment. Words and music. For the last year, the Federal Reserve has told us inflation is, in a word, transitory. But the Fed can't fight the music of inflation. It's what happens when we print trillions of dollars. Hi, my name is Adam Barada. I've built the number one precious metals firm in the country by adding massive value. And Advantage Gold wants to earn your business by doing that for you right now. My best-selling gold inflation index report retails for $500. I want to email it to all serious investors with retirement accounts for free. No salespeople, no rigmarole, no gimmicks. Simply text the letters GII to 49776. I'll email you my best-selling gold inflation report right now. Text GII to 49776. That's G-I-I to 49776. Let Advantage Gold add massive value and then we'll ask for your business. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, with all the insanity going on in schools uh, right now, there's never been a better time for parents to get their kids out of public schools uh, and their chances of doing it may be about to get a lot better Corey DeAngelis is Mr. School Choice at the Cato Institute, and nobody in the country has been pushing harder on this issue. He's been on uh, previously to talk about this stuff, and we're happy to have him back. Uh, Corey, thanks for coming on. Hey, hey, John. Thank you so much for having me. So um, what was the case before the Supreme Court today? Let's uh, just get that uh, out of the way first. Yes, it's the Carson v. Macon case. It's a school choice case that was heard today, December 8th. The oral arguments were heard. And we expect that this will go uh, pretty easily on the on the side of families because uh, Maine had a private school choice program that was discriminating against families that wanted to take their kids' education dollars to religious schools. So you could take the voucher to a non-religious school, but you can't take it to a private religious school, which flies in the face of last year's Espinosa v. Montana Supreme Court decision in 2020, where Chief Justice John Roberts said, and I quote, a state need not subsidize private education, but once a state decides to do so, it cannot disqualify some private schools solely because they are religious, end quote. And Maine's school choice program is doing just that. So you don't have to have a school choice program in your state. That ruling did not say that you needed to have school choice, didn't compel states to do so. All it says is if you're going to have a school choice program, you can't tell families that they can't take a voucher to a school just be they, they can't do so just because it's religious. And that's what Maine's 
school choice program is doing, and, and, and it hasn't always done this. Maine has had a program since 18, the 1870s, I want to say, and they didn't change. And they, and for, for a long time, they allowed families to take their vouchers to private religious or non-religious schools. It wasn't until the 1980s that an, an amendment was introduced to their constitution to discriminate against religious schools. So, um, so look, we expect this will, this will go on the, uh, in favor of families pretty easily. That's interesting that it lasted that long, and then in the 80s somebody said that they had a problem with that, and it was they, they were able to get away with it. Yep, and, yep but they can't get away with it anymore, and we, we all kind of knew that this case was going to make its way to the Supreme Court after the Espinosa decision. We, we, had all re, under, we all knew in the school choice movement that there were a couple of states that had these weird provisions where you could take the money to a non-religious private school, but not a religious one. It's a clear, uh, I would say, a violation of the 14th Amendment. They're discriminating on the basis of religion, but the Montana decision was based on the free exercise clause that that the Montana program, because they got rid of it, uh, I think it was back in 2018, due to the fact that some of the money was going to families that took that money to private religious schools, that was a violation of the Establishment Clause. And so we're seeing this uh, play out in in states like, like Maine right now. And the argument that Maine made in order to prevent families, even after Espinoza, to, to prevent those families from taking the money to the private religious schools, their argument at the circuit court level was, well, yeah, we know Espinoza just happened, but we're only discriminating against uh, schools for doing religious things. We're not really discriminating against them for being religious, which is absolutely a ridiculous argument, which our side says, no, um, that's a distinction without a difference, that if you discriminate against a school or a person for doing religious things, that is essentially the same thing as discriminating against that school or person for being religious. Part of being religious is doing religious things. So we we, um, find, we, we, we think this is going to be a slam dunk. Uh, and I heard Justice Breyer on a clip uh, a little while ago. He said something like, uh, how, he asked, how many religions are there in the United States? And he his issue was that um, with so many religions, that there'd be so many accommodations that would have to be made. But uh, I think the counter-argument to that is, this isn't about the religion, it's about the private person uh, and giving, letting that person des, uh, decide what religious school to go to, and, and and then that becomes none of the government's business once you're giving people money to yeah, pick a yeah. school. I mean, his argument is that this isn't an extra accommodation, but uh, our side's argument is that this is just equal accommodations. This isn't adding extra burden to the state government. It's just let the families do what they want with their children's education dollars. If it's a non-private, if it's a private. Uh, non-religious school, fine, they should be able to do that, but the government shouldn't step in their way just because they want to take their kids to a Catholic school or some other type of private religious schools. And, uh, you know, the opponents of educational freedom will argue that, um, you know, the public schools are religiously neutral and that they want, you know, the money to be spent, if anything, at private schools that are religiously neutral. I would say that it's essentially impossible for a school um, that is educating a child or raising a child in a certain way, it's, it's impossible to be religiously neutral. When you prevent a family from uh, exercising their, their freedom of religion by sending their kid to a religious school, that is being anti-religious. That's not uh, religiously neutral. So, um, and, look, no one has problems with any of this when it comes to anything else. I mean, you can make this argument to so many other taxpayer-funded initi- initiatives. We have Pell Grants. No one has a problem with Pell Grants being spent at Notre Dame, a religious university. Those are public taxpayer dollars. Yeah. And there's no constitutional issues there because we all understand that the money's meant for the person, and the person can pick between religious and non-religious providers. I mean, what if someone tried to say that we should get rid of food stamps because, well, you could take the food stamps theoretically to a religiously affiliated um, grocery store, or you could spend the food stamp dollars on food that is ultimately consumed at a religious ceremony. Yeah. Everybody would understand that that's ridiculous because we all know that the beneficiaries of all of these programs are the people, not the buildings. And we should apply the same logic to K-12 education and understand 
the beneficiaries here are the families and the students, not the institutions. Well, Corey, what you're saying seems just like you said, do you think this this case is going to be a slam dunk? What took so long? Why is it? Why? This Um, is such a no brainer. It is a no brainer, but I, you know, I will say it, 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 it takes some momentum and it takes people understanding that something's not right to get that to, to be elevated all the way to Supreme Court. So we've had other Supreme Court cases when it comes to school choice programs. In 2002, there's the Zellman versus Simmons Harris program, uh, 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 decision that went 5 4 on the, on the side of families. It was about an Ohio voucher program that. You know, the unions, of course, and all the anti-choice groups come out against it and they challenge it in the courts. And there was an establishment clause argument saying that this was a separation of church and state issue. But they rightfully concluded in 2002 at the Supreme Court that, again, the primary beneficiary of that Ohio voucher program was the family. And they got to choose to take their kids' education dollars to the public school, to, to a private religious school or a private non-religious school. Same reason why Pell Grants uh, and, G- and the GI Bill for Veterans don't have any issue with the Establishment Clause of the U.S. Constitution, because the money goes to people, and then people can choose where to take the money. So what- and look, uh, and then also, you know, it, it recently came up to for you know uh, this recently came up because Montana had a private school choice program that they got rid of, I believe, in 2018. It was already up and running for a couple of years, but in 2018 they got rid of it. Because they said, oh, well, some of this money can be spent at private religious schools. And we have a Blaine Amendment, this anti-Catholic uh, bigoted amendment that was that was put into our Constitution a long time ago that says that we can't aid uh, secular schools. And so that went up to the, all the way to the Supreme Court. And that's when the Supreme Court last year in 2020 decided that, look, you don't have to have a school choice program. But if you're going to do it, you can't discriminate against families just because and schools just because. They are religious. That is a that is discriminatory against religious groups and people, and that is no longer permissible. Some outlets are saying that this is going to create a huge, you know, widespread increase in the amount of school choice programs. But look, school choice was already constitutionally permissible before this Carson v. Macon case. The short-term effect of this uh, victory, I believe, is just going to be that Maine now has to permit families to take the dollars to private religious schools. So the, the, the short-term effects will just be in Maine, but it will also give other states um, comfort in knowing that pushing for bills like education savings accounts or other uh, in- initiatives that allow the funding to follow the child as opposed to the system, they can be more confident even more so going forward that uh, these things are constitutionally permissible. What will this do to the movement, uh, the anti-school choice movement? Will this motivate them when they see that this, this if this decision goes in favor of the families? Because uh, well, the, the, the enemies of educational freedom already have their hair on fire right now. They don't know what the heck to do. Anything that they say or do um, uh, isn't working out for them, and that's because the reality is. In 2020, 2021, the teachers' unions have overplayed their hand and awakened a sleeping giant, which happens to be parents who want more of a say in their kids' education. And I'm optimistic going forward because, look, parents felt powerless all across the country in 2020 because of the school closures and the teachers' unions just protecting themselves at the expense of families. And parents don't want to feel powerless like that ever again. So they're going to fight as hard as possible to change the status quo and to fight for policies that protect parental rights and expand educational freedom. We're calling 2021 the year of school choice because 19 states have already expanded or enacted programs to fund students as opposed to systems, and we're just getting started. These parents aren't going to sit down and shut up no matter how many times members of the establishment try to label them as domestic terrorists for wanting more of a say in their kids' education. They're going to keep pushing back harder than ever and that makes me uh, that makes me glad for parental rights going forward that parents are going to fight for the right to educate their kids as they see fit harder than anyone will fight to take that right away from them. Parents care more about their kids more than anybody else. And that's great news for, for educational freedom going forward. Is Pennsylvania one of those states? One of those 19? Uh, 
Yeah, I believe Pennsylvania had a slight expansion of their two tax credit scholarship programs. I believe it was included in a budget bill, um, and and so that's a, a, a it was a pretty substantial uh, expansion. But I don't think that we're going to stop there in Pennsylvania. Uh, there's pushes for things called education savings accounts. Andrew Lewis, Representative Andrew Lewis, for example, introduced House Bill One which would be a monumental shift towards educational freedom in Pennsylvania, allowing all families to take their kids' education dollars to the education provider of their choosing. It could be the public school. It could also be a charter school. It could be a private school. It could be a, a homeschooling option, such as a pandemic pod or micro school, any approved education expenditure. And I believe that bill already has over 50 sponsors. So um, if families really want true transformational reform in the state of Pennsylvania, you should be looking at Representative Andrew Lewis and House Bill 1 and, and watching that very closely. And there's others floating around as well, but that's just one that's at the top of my head that I see as like the gold standard of school choice. We're talking to Corey DeAngelis. He is uh, in charge of uh, the uh, school choice program at the Cato Institute. Um, and and you, you talked about Maine, and they've, they've had in place school choice for a while, or where they allow the kids, to the families to take money uh, that would go to, uh, to to educate their kid and take it elsewhere. How does that, what are the mechanics of that? I saw somewhere that it's like $11,000 and change per kid. Uh, do they get a voucher uh, in Maine and then go pick a school? How does it work? Yeah. Yeah, in Maine they have a something called a town tuitioning program. It's one of the first, if not the first, private school choice voucher program in the nation. It started in the eight, late, late 1800s. Um, <clears throat> and the way that it works in, Ma- in Maine is a little strange. They have one of these in New Hampshire as well, where if you're in a town in a rural area that doesn't have a public school, well, the money meant for educating your kid can follow your kid to a private school, or you can take the money to a public school in a nearby district. And so there's like a public-private type of school choice scenario. And when they started the program, you could take it to religious or non-religious private schools. But again, in the 1980s, they switched it a little bit and uh, started discriminating against uh, private religious schools just because they're, they were religious. Uh, in most, in other states, it's uh, it's similar, but it doesn't, you don't have to be in a place that doesn't have a public school. In, in, in most voucher programs, it's, you know, if you don't like your public school for whatever reason, then you can take your kid's education dollars to uh, another provider of the service, which could be a charter school or a private school or some type of homeschooling option. And uh, that's that's the main difference between Maine and other places, that their eligibility criteria is a little weird. The way that I would argue that we should go uh, forward with educational freedom is that every single family should be able to take their kids' education dollars wherever they want, uh, as long as it's an approved education provider. Yeah, because after uh, all, the, look, the education funding is supposed to be meant for educating children, right. not for propping up and protecting a particular institution. We fund the stu- we fund every student's education. Every kid is is uh, guaranteed a, a right to a K to twelve education in, in essentially every state. Well, if we're paying the money, if we're going to pay the for the money, if we're going to pay for it, it might as well follow the child. I mean, just imagine if we told low income families that. If they wanted to use their food stamps, they had to take it to a residentially assigned government-run grocery store. That would be absolutely ridiculous. And it's similarly absolutely ridiculous that we force families to take their kids' education dollars to a residentially assigned government-run school. We should allow for choice in not just in groceries and not just in higher education or pre-K, but we should apply the same logic to K-12 education and fund people, not buildings. Hey, I only have about 45 seconds left here. I wanted to give you a chance. What's the Education Freedom Pledge? Yeah, oh, uh, nearly 300 lawmakers across the country in just about a month have signed a pledge to support parental rights and in education, including programs that allow the money to follow the child to a public, private, or homeschool option. And over 2,000 voters have already signed the pledge in the past month as well. How do they find and it? So you you can go to edfreedompledge.com, or just, if you want to type the whole thing out, you can also go to educationfreedompledge.com. So if you want to go sign up there to support us in the fight for educational freedom, I'd recommend going there, edfreedompledge.com. Hey, Corey, you won a big fight today. Congratulations on that. You're doing a lot of hard work, hard work and it's uh, paying off. Thanks for coming on. 
Thank you so much, John. Okay, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin reportedly discussing some rule changes with Republicans. Bob Agnew reports. Members of the GOP leadership have told The Hill Manchin has reached out on talks about rules changes that might make it easier to get things done. The West Virginia moderate is under pressure from his own party to help them abolish the Senate filibuster, a procedure that makes it easier for the minority to wield influence by forcing a bill to pass by a 60-vote threshold. Manchin has repeatedly opposed ending the filibuster, but may favor other smaller changes. He told The Hill he'd like to see, in his words, any rules that would basically help this place work. Bob Agner reporting. State lawmakers may help pay for people from other states to come to California for abortions if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. A report released today has the support of top legislative leaders and Governor Gavin Newsom. This is SRN News. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, were you able to get them the cash? out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for 2022? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Sign up today at TheAnswerPGH.com. Brought to you by Robin Jones, the weekly realtor. Now's the time to plan your outdoor riding future with a brand new Indian motorcycle from Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. This is John Stagerwald. Demand for Indian motorcycles is at an all-time high while the supply is low. Plan ahead and get on your holiday shopping now with a great selection of Indian clothing and accessories. Reserve and take priority of your brand new 2022 Indian motorcycle today. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh and Warrendale next to Jurgles. Visit www.pitcycles.com. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. Always wear your helmet. Never drink and ride. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Look out for a crash now on the Parkway West. On the inbound side, jammed up Montour Run Road to Ridge Road. Outbound, it's busy Banksville Road to Carnegie. Parkway East, starting to improve uh, compared to earlier, but still busy on the inbound side, downtown to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound heavy from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On 28, some heavy delays. Inbound Fox Chapel Road to the Highland Park Bridge. And an accident outbound Liberty Tunnels. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 24. Rather cloudy tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 40. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night with a low 36, but temperatures will rise to the lower 40s. For Friday, mostly cloudy skies. It will be milder with a passing shower or two in the afternoon. We'll reach a high Friday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Silver Bells is one of my favorite Christmas songs. I'm pretty sure it's my wife's favorite. Uh, and the song is about the bells that people from the Salvation Army ring at Christmas time. And who doesn't throw a few bucks in the pot when you pass one of those? Well, I won't be throwing any money in there this year, if ever again. The Salvation Army has gone woke. Kenny Shu is the author of An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. He's also president of Color Us United, and he joins us now. Kenny, thanks for coming back on the show. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate being on. So uh, before we get to the Salvation Army, what is Color Us United? If you're an employee who is... uh in danger or harmed because of woke policies, specifically racially divisive trainings, racial preferences, um, <clears throat> critical race theory in the schools, et cetera, come to Colorist United because we know how treacherous it is out there for employees to stand up, but we will speak on your behalf. We'll be your champion. It's exactly what we did with the Salvation Army over Thanksgiving. That's what we plan to do with other corporations who are on the precipice of going woke. Well, I see that uh, Color Us United, quote, wages guerrilla warfare against organizations that have gone woke. Uh, What does that look like, guerrilla warfare? It looks like a combination of exposure, uh, working within the institution, gaining some allies, um, and then then ultimately... um, having rallying the troops and rallying the supporters to uh, really bring accountability to organizations who go woke. Is there a way for people to hook up with uh, Color Us United? Absolutely. You go to colorusunited.org, um, and then we have an informational uh, page. You should click on that and uh, just type in your own story. If you want something, if, you, or if you're interested in, invest- in a Color Us United investigation, Okay, so when and how did the Salvation Army become woke? The Salvation Army has been trending in a progressive direction for many years now, maybe 20 years, but this was the straw that broke the canvas back. After George Floyd, in 2021, they released a Let's Talk About Racism packet in February um, where they asked members to repent for racism. Uh, specifically, they asked white donors and white Christians to repent for being antagonistic to the interests of the black community. That is an exact quote. Um, and we, and a couple employees came to us and, and they said, Kenny, you have to investigate this. So we did. And uh, we realized this is true. And not only that, they're supplementing that with DEI trains and critical race theory, implicit bias. They quote Robin D'Angelo and Ibram X. Kendi. And we realized we're going down a very treacherous road, so we had to stop this. And this is why uh, we're conducting our campaign against the Salvation Army right now. So what is the what is the the point or the purpose or the hope of the campaign? The hope is to get the Salvation Army to release a statement. They've already taken back this packet after all of the media pressure on them over Thanksgiving. They've already taken back their packet, but. They said we're going to take it back for a so-called appropriate review. That's not an apology. That's not a renouncement of CRT. We want them, Commander Kenneth Hodder, the national leader of the Salvation Army, to come out with a statement saying America is not a racist country. Because you know what that statement says? That is a direct contradiction of what they said in their Let's Talk About Racism packet, where they said this system is built on white culture and it appropriates the interests of blacks. Um, they need to come out and they need to say that the, the generosity of Americans is what propels, of ordinary Americans, is what propels the Salvation Army to do its good work. And that's the truth, by the way. America is not a racist country because why would a racist country give $3.6 billion to the Salvation Army every year 
to give them the tools they need to serve poor and minority populations. Yeah, most of the money that's collected by the uh, Salvation Army goes to uh, minorities, right? It does. In fact, an internal audit of the Salvation Army said that 60% of the Salvation Army services go to racial minority populations. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what... And, and for some reason, if they're unable to even make a banal statement saying that America is not racist, which is not even a political statement. You know what's political? CRT is political. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're not even able to make this banal statement, then we know that they have fully gone woke and they're never going to turn back. And so that's, they're on a precipice right now. This is the most important juncture I think of their recent history, because they have a choice to make. Are they going to go down the progressive rabbit hole or are they going to stay true to the the colorblind vision of the gospel? Has every person uh, we seen and we see in front of a a store ringing a bell been indoctrinated at this point? No. Uh, In fact, most of the local members of the Salvation Army are opposed to what's going on up top at the leadership end of things. Uh, most of these people are just ordinary Americans who serve the Salvation Army solely because they love people and they want to help people and they love people with God's love. So uh, I talk with so many officers, ordinary officers, captains, volunteers, et cetera, supporters now that want no part about this. Let's talk about races and packets. And this is why the leadership actually has to listen to the people on the field. If they don't, they'll lose them. So who is the indoctrination aimed at, if not the people that are most visible to... You know, most people don't even think of the Salvation Army in, in, until Christmas comes along. And so if, who exactly mm-hmm. is supposed to be benefiting from this indoctrination that they're doing? Uh, the diversity consultants, the diversity industry. <clears throat> You're looking at, you know, they, they just hired two new DEI officers. This is a national position. They get paid a ton of money to do what? To peddle the narrative that America is a racist country. In fact, they released an interest and the Salvation Army, which I obtained, which Colorist United obtained. You fill out the survey. The purpose of this survey is to get you to admit the Salvation Army harbors internalized racism. And the reason why they do this is because then it justifies their position. It says America is an exclusive country. The Salvation Army is a racist entity. So you need somebody like me who can help to fix all of your problems about diversity. That's why they do it. It doesn't help anyone. It creates more division. CRT doesn't help a single inner city child, but it does help the rich diversity industry get richer. And I would think that the the Salvation Army would be one of the last places where you'd see this pop up. It's a Christian-based uh, organization. Uh, I would have just assumed that they were more of a conservative uh, organization. Is this surprising to you that it, is, that it showed up with the Salvation Army? And does it mean that if it shows up there, it's going to show up anywhere? Sadly, the Salvation Army is just at the precipice of, of a wokeness that is entrenched deeply within our culture. Uh, people are worried that it's in the schools. It's, guys, it's been in the schools for the past 40 years. Um, the Salvation Army, I, I believe, however, I do, I do believe this. I do believe this, and your listeners should listen and understand this. The Salvation Army has a chance to turn back. They do. Because the majority of its members, the majority of its people, really just care about loving people regardless of their race or skin color, and they don't want to talk or even think about race at all. They are colorblind people. They want to be a colorblind organization, but they have to make the first step now. When all the pressure is on them in the middle of their holiday fundraising season, they have to make that first step. America is not a racist country. They need to come out and say that. That's what I truly believe. We're talking to Kenny Shu. He's the author of An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. But he's also president of Color Us United. Uh, I'm not up to speed on this, Kenny. Um, maybe you can help me out with this. How do I repent for my racism? What exactly should I do? You, uh, you say this, God, I'm such a racist. 
I'm so sorry for all of my racism. If I'm not racist, other people around me are racism because that's what let's talk about racism packet says. It says, perhaps you don't feel if you are racist, but you can still spend time repenting on the behalf of the church, meaning other racists. So if you have nothing to repent for yourself, you can at least repent for all of the other racist white people out there. Um, that's how you can repent for racism. Well, I, I, I was wondering if, should I repent for my ancestors? Yes, you should definitely repent for your ancestors. Because I, mean, I, sh- I should, I should apologize for whatever they did that was wrong. I, I don't, I don't have a, I, I've never paid a whole lot of attention to what my ancestors did. You know, I don't know how and, many. And you should also, and you should also repent for America too, because uh-huh. America is hopelessly racist. So you need to repent. But remember, you need to do the repenting on behalf of other people, because individual salvation is a lie. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, really, you should be repenting on behalf of all of the other people, just like the Pharisees. They're the good people, right? Yeah. Well, you paid a visit to the yeah. national headquarters uh, for the uh, Salvation Army in Alexandria. Uh, you mentioned you you talked to the commander. I forget what the name of the the head of the organization. Potter Kenneth Potter. Yeah. What was the purpose of your trip, and and what did you what did you get out of him? The purpose was he reached out to me after Colorist United amassed nearly ten thousand signatures. Now we have over fifteen thousand, and I guess he wanted to sort of. Um, um, I guess butter me up or something like that. Um, it's why he, he mostly wanted to get an understanding of why I was doing what I'm doing. And I, I made it very clear to him why I'm doing what I'm doing, what Colorist United is doing it because they have a chance to turn back and they need to turn back. They need to denounce CRT. They need to say America is a race, not a racist country. They need to take that step. And because what they're doing is hopelessly out of line with what the Salvation Army could be. In fact, the Salvation Army could be a shining example of the genuine colorblindness that America really is. America is a generous colorblind country, and the Salvation Army is example number one of it. So I told him that, and I said, could you make a statement denouncing CRT? And then he came back to me a week later, and he said, Kenny, I cannot. And I said, I'm sorry that I haven't done enough work to convince you. Um, and so we did, we put in the work and uh, we exposed this and now, and now he will be forced, I think, to make a statement, hopefully. So his reaction was, uh, I kind of like CRT. I can't really speak out against it. His reaction is he doesn't want to say any, that what he told me was that he doesn't want to say anything political, which is ridiculous right. because CRT is political. Right. His previous statement, let's talk about racism, is extremely political. So he needs to walk it back. He really does. But not just walk it back. I think he has a chance at saying a positive message, not just negativity, not just racism, not just those things that, 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 that people don't want to hear more of these days. You know, everything is racism now. And if he could just say, no, America is not a racist country. In fact, the Salvation Army proves that America is not a racist country. I think that would be such a genuine statement of healing, of friendship, of love, of gospel love that everybody should be hearing right now in this nation today. And he's not willing to make that statement. As of right now, this moment, this minute, no. But... We are unveiling our Just Say It campaign, where if you go on colorusunited.org or just go to my Twitter, at Kenny M. Shue, or my Facebook, at Kenny M. Shue, we're unveiling our Just Say It campaign. We're going we're gonna to unveil a ream of social media ads. So you please share it when you get one. Um, Commander Hodder, can, will you just say it? America is not a racist country. We are waiting. And uh, I should and so, say that uh, the, the spelling of your name is XU. XU, yeah. XU yeah. like an X-ray. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <clears throat> well, And uh, another thing people can do, that listeners should do, is that you should go to your local Salvation Army leader, whatever it is, because I assure you the majority of them are not woke. And you should tell them, I want you to make a statement. If Hodder won't make a statement, I would like you to make a statement denouncing CRT and saying America is not a racist country. And I'm pretty sure they would agree with you. Well, what if you went up to the person who's standing there ringing the bell and held out a $5 bill and said, you know, this is what I was going to put in the pot, but I'm not doing it. 
until you get a hold of your boss and tell him tell him that he's got to come out against CRT and just simply say that America is not a, a racist country. Because I, I, I think I think I think that's fine. I think the more effective way is to go directly to the uh, to the divisional leader. Uh, of, you know, at the Salvation Army Dearborn Heights, Michigan, for example, released a statement against critical race theory. Maybe the Salvation Army in your area will release that same statement. Hopefully we can cause enough internal dissension that, the, that Commander Hodder will have to listen, if not to the voices of Americans and people who support them, the voices of his own leaders. Um, and so do you know how this has affected donations? Are they, are they talking about that at all? Or would they even mention that this is affecting. oh it's it's affecting their donations massively massively but i guarantee you i, I he, hotter actually went on tv as so as much just to say it. he said this is affecting our donations dramatically this is why you have to um the to to to, to um mangle an often used phrase shut up and give me money basically uh, yeah um so um so how about instead of telling people to shut up and give you money to actually listen to the people who are actually talking to you? Because I know that if they actually make this statement and lead this charge against CRT, they will get more money than they've ever had ever. Because I know the majority of Americans don't want this in their country. We're talking to Kenny Shu. He's the author of An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. And he's president of Color Us United. I got a, about a minute and a half left here, uh, Kenny. Um, again, what can what, what can people do with uh, to hook up with Color Us United? You should definitely go on colorusunited.org if you'd like to donate. We are entirely reliant upon private donations. Unlike the Salvation Army, we will not say that your donations are racist. So give us a <laughs> go to colorusunited.org and see for yourself. Who- and uh, i got to take a break, but real quick, who's next? Oh, we have, we have, we have uh, irons in the fire. That's all I can say about that. All right, well, I'll be watching. We'll have you on again to talk about it. I appreciate it, Kenny. Thanks. Good. Thank you. Appreciate all right. it. All right, that's Kenny Shu. We'll be right back. pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Yakupin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no co-payments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, co-pays, and other cost-sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, how's this for a Christmas present? No mortgage or rent payments for an entire year. 
You can enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. It's sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. One grand prize winner will have their mortgage or rent covered up to $15,000 for the coming year. It's another perk for being a member of the Answer Fan Club. You can register to win or join the fan club by going to our website, theanswerpgh.com. That's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. And uh, get up to $15,000 of your mortgage or rent paid for the next uh, all next year. That's a pretty good deal. Check it out at theanswerpgh.com. Now, uh, there's news out today. Well, a couple of things here. First, I wanted to get to this. Uh, the NCAA, you know, there's uh, it's been in the news. I've talked about it here. The swimmer at Penn, oh, uh, a man who's claiming to be a woman and swimming against with and against women and breaking all kinds of records. And it really, it's just ridiculous and insane, but that's what's happening. So I came across this. This is from the NCAA's Division of Diversity or something like that. And it's, a, it's, it's, um, it's terminology. Okay, this is right out right from the NCAA. Biological slash anatomical sex. The physical characteristics typically used to assign a person's gender at birth, such as chromosomes, hormones, internal and external genitalia, and reproductive organs, organs given the pro the potential variation in all of these, biological sex must be seen as a spectrum or range of possibilities rather than a binary set of two options. So did you get that? You can't just look at it as two options anymore, and that's according to the NCAA now. And there's their uh, this, this is their definition of gender, the complex relationship between physical traits and one's internal self, internal sense of self as male, female, both or neither, as well as one's outward presentations and behaviors related to that perception. Biological sex and gender are different. Gender is not inherently connected to one's physical anatomy. Did you get that? That's from the National Collegiate Athletic Association, okay? That's where we are. And Bob Nutting sold seven springs. That, that means it's only a matter of time till he sells the Pirates. That's what the Nuttings do. They buy things, they become profitable, and they sell them. Might happen in five years, might happen tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.